Matthew, once again tonight, Matthew chapter number 28. And back in the end of this chapter, end of this book, looking at the Great Commission once again. As you know, last uh, Sunday, I kind of set aside and I told you ahead of time I'm going to preach on the Great Commission uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, we want to double our church uh, attendance this year. We want to reach more people. We want to make an impact uh, in our city, in our state, in our world. And so uh, in order to do that, you need the Great Commission. And uh, as I begin studying and thinking about uh, that day, as you know, it is now Sunday number two uh, that we've been in the Great Commission, and we're going to be here a little while, folks, and so uh, that'll be okay because it'll help us. And so uh, last Sunday morning, I gave you uh, kind of a synopsis, just kind of a summary of the Great Commission. Then last Sunday night, I gave you 25 ways that you can be part of the Great Commission. And when I announced that I had 25 points, some of you shuddered. Some of you didn't believe I'd get through on time, and I got through. So, say, Pastor, why are you bringing that up? Well, doubling things has been on my mind <laughs> lately. And if last Sunday night I gave you 25 ways that you can be part of the Great Commission Tonight, I just want to give you a little four-point outline. Some of you were afraid I was going to say 50, weren't you? Uh, let's look at Matthew 28 again, uh, verse number 18. Then Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This morning, we talked about the authority of the Great Commission. The authority coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. You, know, you and I, we need to be reminded of who is the author of our salvation. Uh, he's the finisher of our salvation. He's the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his authority uh, we are commissioned. Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. As we've looked at the Great Commission Last Sunday, last week, and then this morning, uh, certainly uh, we've asked the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart. Uh, we've looked at it, bro broken it down uh, logically, precept by precept, and uh, in a lot of ways preached to our minds as well to understand and grasp uh, what the Bible is telling us. But th this evening, I, I do want to appeal to your heart. I do want to appeal uh, to uh, you in a way when it comes to the Great Commission because I want us to understand what it takes to uh, reach people with the gospel. And so tonight, I'm going to preach on the investment required for the Great Commission. The investment required for the Great Commission. So I trust the Lord will help us tonight. Father, I pray that you'll uh, allow the Word of God to speak to us. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. Uh, may we be reminded once again of the magnitude of the command, the magnitude of what you have commanded your people. And Father, I pray that as we look into this passage again, uh, may you speak to our hearts, may people be saved as a result of what is done in the service this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We are told to, by the Lord, he commissions his church I have spent some time last week and this morning, I'll do it again in, in, in future messages, reminding us that the group assembled there, as the Lord gives us instruction to go win them, to baptize them, to teach them, in other words, to teach them what they need to know so that they can go win someone, 
they can see them baptized, then they can see them go win someone. If, if, if that is going to be done, it was done, his commission to the church. Uh, he commissioned that institution that he founded, that institution that he is the cornerstone of, and we understand the importance of his church. Now, I want us to be reminded this evening that there is an investment that is required. I don't think there's anything greater that, that you and I can spend our lives doing than the Great Commission. I don't think there's any other mission that takes priority in the church than the Great Commission. I want you to understand, and if you don't already understand how your pastor thinks, I want you to understand how your pastor thinks, and when issues come up and opportunities come up and opportunities go by the wayside, say, well, Pastor, why, why don't you give such a priority to that? How does it affect the Great Commission? The emphasis in, our, in our, all of our ministries, from our, from our nursery to our, 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 our children's church to our, our Christian school, all the way up through our Bible college, publications, everything that God's allowed us to have, everything is, 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 is designed to affect the Great Commission, to build the Christians so that they can uh, fulfill the Great Commission. It, there's nothing greater that you and I can be a part of. It is the mission of the church. But just because... It is, the, it, is the, it is commissioned by our Lord doesn't mean it's going to happen just because it's been commanded. It's not going to happen just, just as much as, Mom, as you tell your children, go clean your room. It don't always happen just because you told them. Well, I don't understand. Well, my three-year-old didn't just go drop everything they were doing and go, go do what I told them because I told them. Yeah, well, it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, it didn't happen just because it's said. The Great Commission is not going to be fulfilled because it is a good thing. I believe so far we have established it is a good thing. It's not just going to happen because we want it to happen. You know, we, we, we've been talking for some time about our, our goal this year. You say, Pastor, you didn't involve me in that decision. Our goal this year to, to double our church attendance on Sunday morning, that's not going to happen just because we, we, it sounds like a great thing to do. I, mean, I think everybody would like to see their church grow. Everybody would like to see their, their, their church double to think about that. How's it going to happen? It's, it's, a great, it's not just going to happen because we want it to happen. There's going to be some investment involved. It takes investment by God's people to see the Great Commission fulfilled. I made a statement last Sunday morning, and I'll repeat it, that if you fulfill the Great Commission from beginning to end one time, you've accomplished something that the majority of Christians never accomplished in their entire Christian life. Think about that. Now, not everybody that crosses our path, do we have an opportunity after leading them to Christ, do we have an opportunity to see them follow the Lord and believers' baptism? Some people are just passing through. Not everybody follows the, 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 the Lord in the way they should and, and stays faithful enough to be taught how to reach somebody else with the gospel. But in order to see it done, it takes some investment. So tonight, I just want to remind you, I want to be very, very practical, and I want us to get this in our minds and our heart, that if we are going to, as a Christian, fulfill God's command as part of His church, this was not an option given to His church. This was a mandate. This was a command. This was a commission. This is your purpose. Somebody tell me why God still has us here when the scripture tells us he longs for us to be with him. He wants us to be with him. When a loved one leaves this side of eternity and goes on to glory, uh, there's weeping down here, but there's rejoicing in heaven. 
precious is in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. So why are we here? Because we have a mission. Because he's commissioned his church to fulfill that great commission. So for a church, and before, long before I ever announced, hey, guess what our theme is next year? It's a double portion. Guess what that means? We're going to double our church attendance. And then after that, hey, we're going to uh, double our building fund commitment. Let me tell you that I spent plenty of time thinking about that, plenty of time praying for that to make sure that I knew what it meant for your pastor. The investment that it would take on my part. The dedication it would take on my part. The sacrifice it would take on my part. For us as a church to embrace that and say, this is what we want to do. We want to, be a, we want to follow the scripture. We want to follow the command. We want to, we want to, we want to please the Lord. We want, to, we want to do these things. We want to reach the world with the gospel. You and I as a church collectively, we need to understand that there is an investment that must take place by God's people. Well, I'll just mention this and I'll continue on, of course, as families. We have to understand that make up this church, there's an investment. We don't, why does everything got to center around the church? Because there's an investment that needs to be made. Well, if we're going to reach this world, some of you got to burn your dreams for your children and let them fulfill God's, God's will for their life in reaching this world. Well, the schedule isn't always going to be as flexible because, wow, we're trying to reach people with the gospel. There's an investment that is required. Let me mention four things to you very quickly, four words tonight that remind us of the investment required for the Great Commission. Isn't it a wonderful thing to see people saved? Isn't it a wonderful thing to see people take that next step in their Christian life and follow the Lord in believers' baptism? Isn't it a wonderful thing to see people grow and then win somebody else to Christ? It's, it's a, if you've never had the privilege of leading somebody else to Christ, man, we, we, we gave you that, 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 that curriculum for you to read, and we're going to offer some classes here very soon. I would encourage you to pray about it, to do what you can, share your testimony. But when God gives you the opportunity and somebody bows their head in your presence and trusts Christ as their Savior, there's no feeling like that in the world. The only thing that I think might be greater than that is when somebody the Lord allowed you to lead to Christ leads their first soul to Christ. Boy, there, we, whoever led us to Christ, somebody led them, and then somebody led that person. It's all about the Great Commission. It's a wonderful thing. Let me mention the first word. Number one, work. Work. When our society, that's become a bad word, hasn't it? Work. You know, if you're going to accomplish anything in life, you're going to have to work. If you're going to have a good marriage, you have to work at it. If you're going to rear your children that, in a way that pleases God, you're going to have to work at it. If you're going to provide for your home, you have to work at it. If you're going to grow as a Christian, you have to work at it. If you want to be a Sunday school teacher, it's going to take work. If you're going to work in some capacity of some ministry, it's going to take work. But it is work to fulfill the Great Commission. It is work to see it all the way through. Now, in sometime in the near future, I'm going to 
preach on the teamwork of the Great Commission and how God uses a church to we help one another fulfill that Great Commission. But if you are going to see the Great Commission fulfilled in somebody's life, it is going to take work. I'll read to you, write down the reference, Luke 14, 23. And Jesus tell, is using a parable. He says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. There's no highways and hedges ministry in your living room. Now, I thank the Lord for the people who cross my path. If more Christians would just look for somebody who crossed their path during the week that they could invite to church, well, I believe the church house could be filled. We cross paths with people all the time. But there is something about, and the Lord commands us to go, and it's, it's in the Great Commission, the first word of verse 19, go. The highways and hedges, it's work, and compel them. You have to convince them. You have to give them a good argument. You have to have some passion. You have to believe that hey, you've got to come to this feast in context of that parable. You must compel them. Well, you know, they got saved and the Spirit of God is in their heart. They should know they should be in church. Well, aren't you glad somebody didn't treat you that way? That's like bringing a new baby home from the hospital and sticking them in the crib and it's dinner time Say, well... They should know what time dinner is. If they want dinner, they can come in here and get it. That's not, that doesn't work that way. That there's a new babe in Christ. Why do we treat them? Well, I guess they didn't really get saved. No, they got, they got, they got salvation. They didn't get character all at the same time. They, they don't understand what you know, but it takes some work. Compel them. Uh, it takes some work and some effort to do that. You know why? Some pastors won't make the commitment that, that some make because it takes work. It takes work. Sadly, there's some who are content with their group and no more in their church. Because y'all are a handful to deal with. There's always something to pray for. There's always somebody who needs help. There's always somebody says, Pastor, can you, can you pray for this? Or can, can I still just five minutes of your time? And your pastor is glad to do that. But the more people there are, the more it requires. The more spiritual warfare there is. It takes work. And quite frankly, if you and I are going to fulfill the Great Commission, we've got to be willing to invest the work. Lazy Christians do not fulfill the Great Commission. Lazy churches do not double their attendance. They don't grow. Second word is this, time. It takes time. Uh, not too long ago, I spent a year teaching in Sunday school on stewardship. And the Lord willing, that will be in a book before too long. And, and that whole series of things is very, very helpful. But when we say, when we talk about stewardship, Typically, we always think about money. And certainly, that's part of stewardship. You need to be a good steward with the money that God gives you, the money that you earn, the money that, that, that uh, you acquire. We're to be good stewards. But if you think back to that, I also talked about being a good steward with our time and our, tr and our talent. But this time, to be a good steward with our time, it's investing in eternity. It takes time. 
to share the gospel, it takes time to deal with a new Christian or deal with someone who's not in the habit of being in church like they should be, who doesn't know everything they're supposed to do. It takes time to teach them. It takes time to go back and follow up on them. It takes time to call them on a Saturday night. It takes time to spend with them on a Sunday morning, speaking with them before and after the service. It takes time during the week. It takes time for you to write a note and send it to them. It takes time for you to pray for them. It doesn't just take time out of your daily schedule, out of your week. It takes time over the course of weeks and months and years. And sometimes you wonder if some parents, when they have that child, I wonder if they realize that, you know, you have to keep them for a long time. You know, it's like, oh, this is great and wonderful. And then it's like, man, you're going to be here. How much longer in this house are you going to be here? It's like, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Sure, sure. Can I talk to you about, you know, rearing children? Sure, sure. And I just don't, I mean, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I don't understand why they're not getting it. They're four. You're going to have to keep doing that. How much longer? Well, from personal experience, when they're 18, you're still going to have to be doing that. It takes time. It's not, well, well, well Pastor, didn't they hear that message that, that, that you preached? Maybe. But it takes time for people to grow. It takes time. Hebrews chapter 5. I'll, I'll remind you very, very quickly. If you want to write down the reference, verse 12 through 14. Uh, reminds, reminds us of the growth uh, pro- process. Um, it takes time for when, ye, for, when, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. A new Christian is not skillful in the work of righteousness. They're a babe. It takes your time to make sure they get what they need. It's an investment in the Great Commission. Certainly it's an investment to go give the gospel, but it's an, it's, it, is a, it is a great investment of your time. But aren't you thankful? Stop for a moment. Aren't you thankful somebody invested their time into you? Aren't you thankful for that? I'm thankful for everybody who, who gives, and I want us to give more so that we can do more. But when somebody gives you their time, they're giving you their life that they can never get back. When I say that I'm going to give my time to somebody, I'm telling you, I'm giving you my life. And young people, you better take inventory of the time that your parents use. They're using their life to give you opportunities they did not have. If you'll permit me to say it, when, when you come to the pastor for counsel and you, and you allow me to invest in you and invest in you, it's what I, that's what I want to use my life for. But don't waste my life. Don't waste my time. It's time that, that you have to give to somebody. And if you are going to see somebody who has trusted Christ as their Savior take that next step, it's going to take your time investing in them. It's going to take your time, your part of your life, to pour into their life. Well, I don't understand what the Bible's saying here. Let me stop and explain it to you. 
I don't understand. Uh, what the pastor preached on this. I don't understand what he meant by that. Let me stop and explain it to you. Time that you invest in prayer for them. That first work is, the first word is work. The second word is time. The third word is compassion. In Jude verse 22, we're reminded, the Bible says, that of some having compassion making a difference. This is a cruel, hard world. This world will pretend to be your friend, take everything good from you, and then just drop you quickly. It's cruel. But you know what this world needs? Compassion. That's why John 3.16 is such a powerful verse. For God so loved. There's nobody in this room that can say that there's not a man that loves them because your pastor loves you. But maybe there's somebody on this planet who they don't have a mom that loves them. They don't have a dad that loves them. They don't have anybody that loves them. But can I tell you, there's a God that loves them. For God's so loved. And friends, sometimes you and I can feel alone in this world, but there's a God who loved us so much that he sent his son. Jesus loved us enough to pay our sin debt. But you know what it's going to take for you to see somebody grow in their Christian life to fulfill the Great Commission? Compassion. Somebody has to care. It's compassion that causes us to work. There's duty involved in that. And I think all of us tonight would say we believe there's a heaven, we believe there's a hell. But who cares enough? Who cares enough to invest in the Great Commission to see somebody snatched from the eternity of hell because they heard the gospel? Who, who cares about a, a home? Who has, a, who has enough of a concern? And we win somebody, but we understand it doesn't just end there, that maybe there's a man that trusts Christ, but there's a, there's a wife in that home and there's children in that home. Or well, there's a ch child that rides the bus who has received Christ as their Savior. And we praise the Lord for that. And by the way, let me just encourage the bus workers, everybody that's involved in that, they aren't always the most disciplined ones. It's like we don't have a whole lot of support, but it takes work, it takes time, it takes compassion. It takes compassion in order to give your time. It takes compassion in order to be willing to work. And friend, we need people who are willing, as Psalms 126, verse 5 reminds us, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Why would somebody invest their tears? Because they care. It takes compassion. More than a, than, 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 than a political change, more than, than, than programs in our city, we need God's people to shed a tear once again because people are dying and going to hell. To shed a tear once again because somebody needs what the Emmanuel Baptist Church has to offer. Somebody needs the Word of God and care enough to invite them. Care enough to call them back and say, hey, you missed, where were you? Why don't you get, well, pastor, don't you do that? Well, yeah, as best I can, but we're all supposed to be part of the Great Commission. It takes compassion. Some having compassion. There are people that you can reach that I cannot reach. Well, they expect a pastor to say that. 
They expect the pastor to visit. And those aren't unfair expectations. What about you? If it takes compassion, somebody caring enough to invest to see what somebody can be. Aren't you glad somebody cared enough about you to invest in you? Pastor, I've, I've been by there. I've told, I've told the staff, the guys, and, and the, the men in, in the meetings, I don't care if it takes you six months to get somebody back to church. Take the six months. You keep visiting them. You send them a birthday card. You, you take something. You, you visit them. If it takes you, if it takes you, if it takes you months and years to for somebody to take that next step, you keep going after them, and you keep you keep caring for them, and you keep you keep them on that list, and you keep going by, and you you send them a text throughout the week, and you and you let them know that somebody say and, and say, well, aren't they going to get tired of it? Well, they know somebody cares enough. Boy, if we would have that same mindset with the people around us. Have some compassion. It takes compassion. Then number four. And if you'll allow me to use one of my greatest strengths as part of the outline tonight, number four is patience. You laugh because you know it's not one of my greatest strengths. It takes patience. I've learned a lot of things in my life, and I've learned a lot of things in my ministry. And when it comes to this area, I do believe God's given me patience. You and I must be patient to let somebody grow. 2 Peter 3 verse 18 reminds us that we need to grow in grace. You didn't get it overnight. Well, I got it overnight. You didn't believe it overnight. I'm weary, I'm weary of Christians who will not let people grow. Well, these teenagers, well, they're, well, they're probably better, better behaved than you were when you were a teenager. I know, they've been saved for two years. Why can't they let them grow in grace? It takes patience. Pastor, you just, you just said that you, you've, you've told the men on staff that it takes six months to get somebody by the church to take it. It takes a lot of patience. Exactly. But if we care, we're willing to invest the time. Aren't you thankful somebody was patient with you? Aren't you thankful that God is patient with all of us? I mean, how many times? I mean, God doesn't treat us that way. I told you once. I know. We've read it over and over. We know it, but we still fall short, we still stumble, we're still rebellious, God lets us grow. This is where I want you to really think for a moment. We as a church, we've been through a lot over the last 10 years. We've been through some battles. We've been through some relocations. We've been through multiple different venues of church. God has put us where I believe that God would have us. I say that so some of you don't think we're going to move again. We're a tight-knit church. We're a close church. When you read of brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what we are. 
Our kids are growing up together. We're of one mind, one heart. I really believe we're a church that is one accord. But as we reach people, they're not going to be just like us. See, Pastor, I've, I've scoured my neighborhood. There's nobody there that'll fit in that's exactly like us right now. That's not who I'm looking for. Everybody has potential to grow. And if you and I as a church are going to fulfill the commission that Christ has given the church, we've got to be willing to give the gospel to the lost. Then we've got to be willing to invest the work and and, and the love and the time into them and be patient with them as they grow. That's why we're not gonna we're not gonna change what we believe. We're not gonna change what the Bible says. We're not gonna throw out compromise under the guise of reaching more people. The gospel still works. The gospel still changed. The Spirit of God still calls men to holiness. It is still in the Bible. We're not going to change any of that. But if we're going to see people go from, from loss to salvation to growing to reaching people, you and I must be patient and allow them to grow. Which means you and I need to be very secure in what we believe. We need to know the truth. And what is sad in our day today, we do not have Christians who are dedicated enough to that Bible to stay true to that book so they can help somebody grow. You ought to want to be faithful because there's somebody else you need to get from point A, help with the Lord's help, get from point A to point B. And not everybody, when we reach them, not every, and I love it. This morning I looked around, I looked at all the visitors, like, man, there's a lot of people out here that, that man, can I, can I say it like this? They just look a little rough around the edges. And compared to y'all, that's rough. But you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of some of you the first time y'all got invited to church. It makes me think of what it was like. I mean, I had the privilege of being saved very young. Man, watch people, though, as God changes their life and God is patient with them. You and I ought to be patient with them and invest in them. There's a lot of you that are that you're in the retirement age right now. You've retired. And don't make the mistake of telling me that because I'll put you to work. But the reason why you retired is because a long time ago you laid up some investments. And it took you some time to get to that place. But when you invest in somebody who's just received the gospel and you pour into their life and you're patient and you work and you love them and you, and you pray for them, and down the line when you see the investment come back but that you invested into their life, well, you're glad you're patient then. You're glad you hung in there then. I, I say this all the time, and I'll embarrass, I, I don't mind embarrassing this individual. See, Tori sitting right over there. I tell her this all the time. She's teaching in our school now. She plays the piano. And every time I see her do something like that, it's like, boy, I'm so thankful I didn't kill you every time I wanted to. I'm so thankful I didn't just, all the times that the frustration, and, and I tell everybody this, so I might as well tell it publicly. Is it? 
Let's just do that. So there's a reason why God made you this high. Because you're so mean that if you were any bigger than you, you are, then nobody could handle you. But you know, I'm certain there are people who probably thought that of Brother Fox, <laughs> Brother Cruz. Yeah, definitely you guys too. It's true of all of us. People were patient so we can grow. And as people are reached and people come in, we're a close-knit church. The reason is, is we've been through a lot together. God has knit our hearts so that we can reach more people. Then as people begin to be reached and they come in, we need to have patience so that they can grow. Aren't you thankful that somebody invested into your life? Nobody is where they are because they did it on their own. Somebody invested in them. There are people, I think this would be true of every single person in this room. There's somebody who has prayed for us or is praying for us that we have no idea that they ever have prayed a prayer for us. I believe that would be true of every single person in this room. There's somebody who prays for us who we don't even know they're praying for us. That's an investment in our life. We could all testify tonight when there's been time we look back in our life and we look at pivotal times in our life and, boy, if we, we come to a point of decision and if we had not made the right decision, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't have the family we have. We wouldn't have the hope in the future that we have. We would have made the wrong decision, but there was somebody who was there to encourage us, to pray for us. Somebody invested in us. Do you know what this world needs? It needs us to be that person for somebody else. It takes an investment. When I say that we're going to double our church, I believe that we can do that. But how are we going to do it? We're going to follow God's plan. Say, Pastor, are you going to be disappointed if we come up short? I don't think we're going to come up short, but if we do things God's way, it's God's increase. In, well, I'm glad we're all on the same page on this, and I'm, going to just, I'm just going to take this year, and I'm just going to remind us of a whole bunch of things that Bible says about reaching people, about growing a church, the role of a church. We need to be reminded of it. But I'm not looking to try and reach Jacksonville by the end of the year. The 1.6, 1.7 million people in the greater Jacksonville area. I read a statistic, I heard a statistic the other day that every month is growing about 20,000 people, 12 to 15, 20,000 people a month, people moving in. That's a lot of people. My plan is not to try and reach them all by the end of the year. Two years maybe, but not the, not the end of the year. But we ought to get at it. We ought to be patient. We ought to be investing. We ought to try to reach people. Aren't you glad that somebody invested in your home, your children? The investment of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is a worthy 
a worthy thing to spend your life having a part in. And I've, I've said this, and I remind us again that, you know, you, you may not have the health or the opportunity to go out as some can. Perhaps you can. But when you pray for those who go out, you have a part in it. When a visitor comes in and you befriend them, you actually give up your give a give a seat on your row. Like that's that's premium around here. You're making an investment. When you give, you're making an investment. Men who come to the men's prayer meeting, you're making an investment. We all have a part in that great commission. Let's 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 make sure that we understand. If we're going to reach people, it's not just because we have a desire to. It's going to take an investment on our part to do that. You know what? It means we may not be able to have a softball team in a church softball league. It might mean that. But the greatest commission is the great commission. It might not mean there's some things on the get, get, that get put back on the calendar this year that have been on the calendar in the past. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means the investment that we have to make in order to reach somebody. The investment that it takes on our part to fulfill the Great Commission. Father, use your word tonight. May it be a help to us. May it challenge.